Hey everyone, and welcome to episode four of CBA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King. And I'm Alex Page Hatley. Can you believe we've done four episodes? I know. It's crazy how far we've come. So crazy. Today's episode is about the young workforce. And to a lot of people, that means millennials, right? Yeah, I would think so. But we were talking about something earlier, and I think it's time for the world to hear this. Sure. So technically, millennials are turning 40 next year. The oldest millennial is turning 40 next year. The youngest millennial is 22, turning 23. Uh, so they're all we're all in the workforce. We've been here for a long time. We're old news. We are old news. <laughs> we're old news. So really, we should be talking about the next generation of workers who are coming into the workforce, which is Gen Z. Yes. All right. So Gen Z is just now graduating college and probably the first of them are getting into the workforce. Luckily for us at CBIA, we've hired our first Gen Zer. We'd like to welcome Molly Hammock. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> Molly, thanks for joining us today and talking about your generation. Oh yeah, of course. How does it feel being one of the first to get like a full-time job in your generation? I feel like it's definitely, you know, everybody kind of has this idea that you're like, oh, now you're adulting. But at the same point, like, I still feel like I'm in college or not adulting whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know if that feeling goes away. No, it doesn't. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Um, okay. So I have some things here that I've read about your generation and we're going to play a true or false game. Ooh. So in your opinion, of okay. course, like you're not speaking yeah. for the entire generation here. Um, Gen Z is motivated by security. So I, you know, I was reading the same article you were, and I do say that I, I see that. Um, I think, you know, especially people in my generation have seen a lot of like what the Great Recession did to our parents, as well as what the student debt crisis is all about. Um, so I think, you know, even in my last year of school, I was so motivated to find a job, no matter what it was, because I knew right away I needed that security. Mm -hmm. You know, it was less about finding a job in the field that I wanted to, and more so, you know, you need to start paying off debt, you need to make, you know, it worth it for yourself. So I definitely agree with that point that we're motivated by security. Yeah, I feel like older millennials, they came out of college, like right when the recession was hitting. So it just completely blindsided everyone. Uh, at least, you know, Alex and I um, were slightly younger in the middle of the millennial generation. So we you know, still had that thought, like, you know, chase your dreams and do right. do what you love. Oh, absolutely. While still trying to adjust to this, you know, got to be secure, got to think about, you know, um, you know, how much money you're making, what's what's a secure job, what's yeah. going to pay your student loans, what's going to yeah. eventually, how much can you save to eventually buy a house, all those things. And so Gen Z already saw the Great Recession and just the turmoil with that. But I also think like, does security mean to you like staying, like you're looking for a place where you can stay for a long time as, at a job? So I think Gen Z has a different idea about staying in jobs, you know, than maybe millennials or baby boomers. Like I think, you know, and I see it a lot here at CBIA, you know, there's so much longevity in some of the positions people have been here for 20 plus years and I think Gen Z has a different idea like if they don't see themselves advancing within a certain number of years they're going to look to a new place you know that can provide them the next steps I almost think it's not so much that 
we're looking for security in the sense that you know, we're going to be here for a long time, but more what's going to help us, what's going to benefit us. And maybe a career change, a different place will do that for you. Yeah, I think that's pretty millennial, too. Um, You know, we get um, uh, labeled as that, you know, oh, we're bored or we're, you know, constantly looking for something new to do or, you know, our attention spans are so long, but it really is. Um, I think both of our generations like to be challenged constantly. Um, and so when things start to get comfortable, um, and you've sort of hit your peak or the ceiling of, you know, how, how you can grow your role in a certain place, um, then, you know, that's the time when you're ready to move on and find a new challenge. So, you know, we, we have to look out for ourselves and it's an idea that, um, you know, the employees are now growing just more suspicious of employers. So, yeah. Um, Gen Z is great at multitasking more than millennials. You know, I think that's true because I was, again, I was reading and we are the epitome of like the technical native um, so we've just grown up that way. You know, I can be, I have split screen. I can do work on one. I can check the internet on the other. You guys prefer a certain communication and I, I don't know if it applies to you, but like text or email and we can do so much more in terms of adaptability with like Snapchat and with, you know, it's full you have all range of communication. So that's why we actually prefer like in-face communication as opposed to some millennials um, because we've just grown up with that complete adaptability. We need that element of being in communication with another human as opposed to it's just like a text that you're reading. It's an email that you're reading. But it makes, if everyone can make the transition, it just makes working smarter, not harder. Why do we have to go back and forth in an email for five threads when we can just just chat a small group or sit down for five minutes and it's done? Um, I think, you know, Gen Z and millennials get, you know, looped together all the time and it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think that people have such a negative impression of millennials and Gen Z, but, you know, and then you work with people actual humans and you're like, they're not bad at all. It's all these negative impressions that kind of formulate in your mind and then you just carry that over. But if you could just like stop to like talk to one of them, we're like, we're good. Well, Molly, thank you so much for talking to us about Gen Z. I feel like I've learned a lot. Anytime you guys need insight, I'm always, (laughs) we know where to find it. Right? (laughs) Like two miles that way. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Molly's the best. Molly like, is the best. We like having her around. She keeps us young. She does. She <laughs> teaches us what TikTok is. Yeah. I still haven't figured it out. I, yeah, me neither. We recently attended an event where there was a panel discussion about um, millennials. And it was a lot of focus on the misconceptions about us and some of the stuff we talked about earlier. Uh, and not so much about, you know, why we're unique and why we are a positive force in the workforce. And also how the workplace is changing, you know, because of us. And that's not just to say that we're special, but you know, 
times are a changing <laughs> and, um, you know, as generations are retiring or nearing retirement and we're coming in and the generation before us is coming in, um, things are going to continue to change. Even when we're at the end of our working careers, we're going to be probably saying, having some misconceptions about the younger generations are, you know, our children <laughs> right. too. So the second part of why we kind of wanted to do this is, uh, you know, I moved here from Texas like three years ago, and I don't know a lot of other 30-year-olds, 30-something-year-olds. And, I, you know, I've been here three years, and even currently at the office, I think there's like two, maybe one or two other ones besides myself. So, you know, I started talking to some member companies, and they had the same problem. They cannot find 30-something-year-olds to hire. And so... I just wondered why that was. Yeah. And certainly, you know, I'm a little younger. I'm still in my twenties, but a lot of my friends, uh, a lot of other 20 year olds I know, and that our members talk about, um, that I hear from them all the time. Uh, they, after college or for college, they leave and it's this, you know, question of, okay, well, are you going to come back home? You know, are you going to start your career here or continue your career? Are you going to have a family? Are you going to buy a house here? Um, so yeah, that kind of hits into that, you know, 30 year old range of, you know, where are these people? Right. Yeah. The missing generation. So we found somebody who, um, kind of had the opposite experience, actually. She's from upstate New York and then came to Connecticut and stayed. But she also happens to be just about as obsessed with this topic as we are. Hi, my name is Gianna Gleason. I am an innovation and communication manager at IBM. She also has a really cool job title. She does. I, I want her job title. So you'd think working at IBM, everyone would be using the most modern technology and doing things in the best way possible. You would, but even Gianna was telling us how she is still struggling with uh, change management and doing things differently at IBM. There, I mean, there's plenty of organizations like IBM, let me first say that, where they are really trying to, to lean into the millennial, the Gen Z generations who are coming in, who understand tech a little bit better, who just have a different kind of worldview naturally because of the age in which we grew up and the things we had available to us. And so there are organizations that are leaning in entirely to that. Um, but some of my friends who are at other organizations, it, it is definitely the case where because of their age, um, it's not always seen, you know, the pushing back, the pushing boundaries type feeling um, is, is sometimes seen as like, oh, that millennial is just trying to stir stuff up. So they know better. They think they know better. Um, a, a lot of my friends and some of my colleagues have really experienced quite a bit of that as well. And, you know, it's tough. I would say like when you're, the toughest thing is when you know that there's a tool or a way to do something quicker and smarter and, Folks, they're just like, nope, that's not the way it's done. That's not, that's not the way we do it. And you're just like, oh my God, I could give you back hours of your day and hours in your week <laughs> if you just listen. Um, it's hard. Like digital transformation is so tough that because there's a lot wrapped up in it. There's identity that gets wrapped up in it. You know, you take someone who 
has been working at the organization or the company for 20 plus years and has given everything to that work. And the thing that kind of gave them maybe a sense of identity in the past is literally sometimes the very thing that you're like, oh, well, this tool can do that in, in actually 10 minutes for you. But I think that there's so much opportunity when you kind of like live into it and say like, all right, yep, this is tough. But now what else do you want to do? Now that we sort of utilize tools that free up these tasks that used to be really cumbersome, how else do you want to use your brain? Like what does creativity look like for you when you're not staring in an Excel spreadsheet because an AI tool can do it in 20 minutes? I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind whenever the younger workforce and millennials and Gen Z are introducing new ideas, because this is a scary thing. And I, I think that's a new idea for me that I, I never really thought of it as taking away someone's identity. But if you've been at a place for, you know, decades and that's what you're used to doing, doing something new can be really scary. So it's not just a matter of changing your technology or updating it or doing new things. It's really a workforce culture shift and it's organizational and it's change management. Organizations are still learning how to retain millennials still, but they're going to completely miss the bow if they're not paying attention to how to uh, attract and retain the younger generation who is going to be even smarter and more technologically uh, apt than millennials are. So how can organizations get ready for that and prepare for this transition? Because it's going to keep moving faster. This is like one of my like passion topics. I mean, I read books for fun that are really about like, how do you actually do this? Right? Like you have, and not even just millennials, we're, we're not even ready for Gen Z. And, um, like, how do you actually get a workforce ready to receive that type of talent? Because I don't believe, and yes, I'm a millennial, um, but I consider myself like an, like an older millennial, um, because I see the interns that I work with, students that I work with, they have skills that I, I just don't have. They bring a level of creativity and talent and quickness that would take me years to cultivate and how willing will companies um, and managers be, not even just companies, but the managers themselves when they take on young talent, how ready are they to listen and lean in? Because um, young people won't stay. They're just not going to stay in jobs where they don't feel valued, they don't have agency to be creative, and they don't have work-life balance. They're just going to find another job. I mean, this is not your generation where, you know, we all know this, that it's going to stay in a job for 30 years and, you know, get, get their pension and retire. They're going to move around and constantly optimize to form fit wherever they are in that stage in life or wherever their interests are or the types of problems that they're interested in solving. It's going to be incumbent on companies and on managers themselves to figure out how to get really damn good at people management growth and development because that's what young people want and um and they're coming like they are going they're already here um but our you know our gen years they're like 
sitting in the pipeline and they're kind of coming in as interns now and we're starting to understand what it's like um, to work with them. But I don't, personally, I don't think that we are ready here in, in the U.S. To, to actually receive them into our workforce. I would say so, that's, that's um, very true. So we talked about millennials and not feeling challenged and getting bored. And how can companies facilitate and help them, you know, feel like they're learning new skills or bringing something to the table, even if, you know, they're new and they may not have as much experience? Well, I think that this is, I'm so excited to ask this question because this is like our younger generations are primed for this exact thing. They, when they come into a job, right, let's say you got hired as a project manager for X program. Their job is actually just to be a project manager for X program. They're actually going to leave very, very soon. I give it six, six months to a year. What we can do for them is to say, okay, you've been hired for this job. You're going to program manage this project. Go ahead and get after it for three months. I'm going to constantly check in with you, not only on the project, but I'm going to really help kind of take stock of what actually makes you come alive in the workplace. Now that you get to know the company, what kind of things are you thinking about? What ideas do you have and what areas do you want to grow in? And then immediately, as soon as someone's kind of get kind of off and running, get them to start thinking about the next thing for them. And that's what's going to retain them. When, when a young person knows that they're not going to get stuck in that job and they have an advocate, a manager, somebody who's really understanding that it is about growth and development and providing opportunities to do stretch assignments, go shadow someone else who does something totally opposite. Um, sit in on meetings twice a month um, about things that they don't yet know anything about. Those types of opportunities let people know that someone's looking out for them and that they're not going to get stuck, which is something that like Gen Z and millennials fear the most that they're going to be stuck in a job for 30 years. Um, and, and and it's true. And sometimes it's so simple. It's as simple as a manager having a conversation that isn't about the damn project. That's Gianna, just about say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> yes, because honest, I'm telling you, I'm so passionate about it because it's so, it is not rocket science. It's just relationship management. So I think the moral of the story is, you know, relationships are huge for the young workforce and for us to feel that we're contributing and that we're learning something and that we're staying challenged. We have to have those relationships at work with with our managers and with our peers. We hope that companies listening right now will hear this conversation and Maybe that'll open up a conversation with young people that are working in your office. We're, they're not scary people, you know. We're not like the misconceptions say we are. Um, talk to the young people in your office and really listen to them and get down to what they value in a workplace and about their life and about um, their work ethic. And I think that's going to tell you a lot. So. Instead of trying to, you know, find things, what's going to retain millennials or, you know, what's going to keep people here? What's going to attract them to work here? 
just talk to the people that are committed to your organization already and really listen to them. More often than not, it's not going to be the little things that you think will attract them. Like, I don't know, having like having, well, that is nice, but (laughs) yeah, like having extra snacks or having like a foosball table in your break room. Yeah. It's Um, not about that. It's about, uh, trust and collaboration and leadership that they can believe in and a mission they can believe in and, uh, giving them opportunities, opportunities to showcase their skills, to learn new skills and even to just learn more about the company. I feel like those opportunities are so valued by the young workforce. Yeah. And even opportunities to mess up, obviously yes, not big decisions, but, uh, opportunities to grow. Thanks for joining us for this episode of CBI's BizCast. I'm Shannon King. And I'm Alex Page-Hatley. 